New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Father Matthew Fox, the author of many books, including Julian of Norwich, Wisdom in a Time of Pandemic and Beyond. I'm speaking with Matthew at his home by remote connection. Welcome, Matthew, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. Good to be back with you. It's great to have you here once more. You know, Julian was a mystic that lived in the Middle Ages from uh, 1342 to 1415, and she lived during the most devastating Black Plague that claimed the lives of one half of the European population, and she lived in a simple cell connected to a church that had a window to the street in which she advised the community who came to her window But she also took on the patriarchy and the church of the time, and her wisdom survives today through her writings, which barely got preserved. So, Matthew, tell us a bit about her life and her legacy of wisdom for our times. Well, she she lived, as you say, through this terrible pandemic, this terrible Black Death plague, and of course, they didn't have scientists at that time, so it, it freaked people out. And they had no promise of vaccines. They didn't know where it came from. So a lot of people did some very peculiar things, like many men gathered in clubs where they flagellated themselves because they felt it was their sins that was bringing the plague down and so forth. Um, Julian did not go down any of those rabbit holes. Instead, she really paid attention to the beauty and the goodness of nature. And she talks about how God is the goodness in nature. God is nature. She said, God and nature are the same thing and so forth. So she was running definitely counterpoint to the dominant fear spirit that was um, embracing the culture. And she talks instead of fear about trust and about trusting that God is in nature and all of nature is in God. She says that's the real meaning of faith. And she rejects the view hinted at the patriarchy. She deconstructs it because she celebrates non-dualism and dualism, the idea of body versus soul, matter versus spirit, that's at the heart of patriarchy. She moves beyond that. And she celebrates divinity as mother. And um, she says, God is delighted to be our father and God is delighted to be our mother. So she's giving all of us permission to bring alive the divine feminine in ourselves, whether we be women or men, and a healthy masculine as well. So she's really creating a whole alternative uh, theology here. Now, she was the first woman to write a book in English, and she invents a lot of words uh, in her writing, including the word enjoy. She invented that word. It's a pretty good word to play with. And she invented the word wanting, O-N-E-I-N-G. She talks about how there is a, a glorious wanting uh, that God has created between body and soul. 
So she resists that dualism that you have in Augustine, for example, who says the soul makes war with the body. And um, she celebrates how compassion is at the heart of motherhood, and therefore it's at the heart of godhood, the divinity, and of all of us who are trying to, what should I say, imitate uh, the divine or bring out the divine in our own lives and in our actions. Now, she also, I think, suffered a big loss herself during the pandemic. I think she lost her son, her child, and she lost her husband as well. And at the age of 30, she was really on her deathbed, and she thought she was dying. Uh, they brought the priest to do the last sacraments. But um, that's when she had this revelatory breakthrough, a series of, of visions. And... Uh, they began with Christ suffering on the cross, and she realizes, oh, this is everyone's suffering. All humans are suffering. And of course, that's the world she was living in at the time. And that's the world we're living in our time of coronavirus. And uh, But she, she went deeper into this reality, and she actually ends up seeing Christ not just suffering on the cross, but also joyful. And she talks about how life is both full of mirth and of mourning, mirth and mourning. That's what I would call the mystics, the via positiva, the joy of life, the mirth. But there's also the suffering, the via negativa. And uh, she says we have to learn to live with both. We have to learn to, to dance, the dance of the light and of the dark and of the um, joy and of the sorrow. And uh, so she's a very profound thinker. And, and because she lived through what she lived through, I think she's a real patron saint, if you will, for our time. Because we as a species are going through what I call the dark night of our species. We don't know how this is going to end, everything that's collapsing. And uh, uh, that's part of the dark night, that you don't know what's around the corner. But you stick around anyway to learn. And... That's why she's a real person of wisdom. When you call in the divine feminine, you're calling in wisdom. Wisdom is feminine around the world. And she knew that. And she meditates deeply on the wisdom scriptures of Israel. In fact, these are the scriptures that Jesus uh, also meditated on. He comes out of that same tradition. So the respect for the, the big picture, wisdom that cares about the whole, the cosmos, not just about parts. She really, instead of um, a religion of ideology of original sin, she leads us to a consciousness of original goodness or original blessing, which is the name of your very early book that you wrote many decades ago. So would you say that that really encompasses a bit, even though you say that you know, we're living through dark times. She didn't deny the dark times, but she also talks about the goodness and the original blessing that life is. Definitely. And um, my book, which came out in 1983, got me in all kinds of hot water with um, <laughs> the Vatican of the time, which certainly is a strong incarnation of, of patriarchy. Adrian Ritz says that uh, patriarchy preaches fatalistic self-hatred, fatalistic self-hatred. And that's what original sin really um, gathers up, a lot of fatalistic self-hatred. Whereas original blessing is not about fatalistic self-hatred. 
It's, it's a recognition, as Genesis 1 is, that we humans have come late in the, in the history of the universe. Of course, now we can name it, thanks to science, 13.8 billion years late. <laughs> but that all this had to come before we could arrive, being fragile as we are. And so um, this is all original blessing. There's been 13.8 billion years that have favored the coming of our species. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that blessing? Of course. Now, Julian, of course, didn't have our science, but she had the intuition and, of course, the awareness of Genesis 1 that uh, so much creation has preceded the human existence that we depend on it so thoroughly. It's an interdependent relationship, uh, us and the rest of nature. So, again, this is part of non-dualism, whereas a modern consciousness, which is very egocentric, not ecocentric, I think, therefore, I am, that was Descartes, well, good for you, Descartes. That's an ego if I ever heard one. And he is still the, the philosopher of contemporary education and academia. But wisdom, as I said, is about the whole, that we are part of this great, what Hildegard called the web of creation. And it is a blessing, obviously, because without it, we wouldn't be here. And just looking at the beauty of it, uh, the beauty of animals, the beauty of birds, the beauty of a blue sky uh, or a beautiful white snow. I mean, all of it is here to delight us. And we're here to pass it on healthy to other generations so they can delight in their time on earth. And this is the real crisis we face today, that uh, is our species going to survive? And um, what about all these other species that are going extinct? Even if we did survive, if we lose multitudes, millions of species that are going extinct today, how precious, how beautiful will life be in the future? I mean, I know many young couples who are really seriously asking each other, should we bring children into the world? You know, that's a, a very serious and scary moment when we're actually asking, is life worth it? And uh, so someone like Julian really shores us up and talks wisdom to our hungry hearts. And uh, so this is why I think these creation mystics are returning in our time. They take us to the edge to ask these hard but necessary questions. I think in these days, as we're coming out possibly of the coronavirus and sheltering in place, and we noticed the extinction, as you mentioned, of many species and sexism and religion, distorted education, so forth, politics of polarization, all of these things that people are talking about, oh, let's return to normal. And if they mean by that to return to what we've been doing, uh, is that the best advice, <laughs> Matthew? I don't think so. I think we have to recognize that we've been through a common rupture, a common breakdown, and that can be a very good thing. This is how spirit flows through. And we need new imagination, not the old imagination. We have to find new ways to live on the earth that are much more gentle to ourselves and to one another. And... Uh, Precisely what we don't need is the old normal. <laughs> we need some new normals. And so it's a moment, I think, where we're all being called to create. 
and to be co-creators and to reinvent and rethink what education is, what politics is, what religion is, what economics is, what agriculture is, and what media is. We can't take for granted that what we had previously is healthy because what has brought us to uh, this this week, a whole town in Canada of all places burst into flames. I mean, I thought Canada would be the refuge in a time of of, uh, of climate change because it's so far north, but no place is safe, obviously, on this planet at this time. And the seas have only begun to rise. And if we think immigration is a big issue today, wait until all these huge cities where billions of human beings live on the oceans, when the oceans rise and they have to migrate, yeah. you know, it's a whole new ball game, and it's not going to be pretty. So we should get acting now while there's still some time left to change our ways in a profound way. You have um, co-authored a book, Order of the Sacred Earth, the Intergenerational Vision of Love and Action. So you do have a, how we can be warriors for the sacred earth. I mean, that's that's a new kind of warriorship that we're being called into, uh, wouldn't you say? Exactly. And what is at the heart of this order of the sacred earth is a common vow that we all make, simply this. I promise to be the best lover of Mother Earth and the best defender of Mother Earth that I can be. And we invite people from all spiritual traditions and none. We have atheists, too, who take the vow with us. Because I think humanity is at such a place today that we have to strip down to the, the central issue which is to care for Mother Earth. And all the paraphernalia of religions have to kind of yield to this primal question. Meanwhile, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to have different religions and different cultures. That diversity is part of what uh, makes uh, other species survive and other eco-regions survive. So diversity is not the problem. We're not here to convert one another. We're here to bring the wisdom out of one another's traditions. And we'll find there is a common wisdom. And, and that wisdom has a lot to do with compassion and with loving the earth and allowing the earth to love us. It also has to do with letting go, with some sacrifice, some, as we talk about, reinventing the way we live on the earth so that it's less injurious to other generations and to other species. We humans aren't the only ones suffering from climate change Believe me, uh, the oceans, the, the insects, the animals, the birds, they're all trying to find a way beyond this extinction spasm. And uh, so we're in this together. Exactly. I know that um, the mystics of former times, like Julian and Meister Eckhart and Thomas Aquinas and, and Hildegard of Bingen, St. Francis of Assisi and others, John of the Cross, they all bring a wisdom to us that we can use today. And you've written about all of these, too. <laughs> it's been my pleasure to be able to do that. Yes, a beautiful calling. And uh, I've had some wonderful teachers over the years and, and wonderful students who are also teachers. But, yeah, it's been an honor. There's been a lot of resistance, too. So I've, I've learned yeah. how new it is to bring in these old uh, 
wise sages, a lot of people don't want to hear them, especially people who are running things and, uh, let's just say, making a pretty good living or a pretty um, advanced ego <laughs> by, uh, by ignoring the wisdom of the mystics. Yeah. But I think that essentially that's what religion is about, is about how we go deep in this life. And where is the deep joy? Where do we find the ways to deal with grief and the deep suffering? And where is the deep creativity and the deep passion for justice and compassion? Um, so I think that that's what spiritual is all about, is, is a deep ride journey through life and not a superficial one. And I think we're, we're all paying the price because there's been too much superficiality, too much ego in the sense of, I'm here to make as much money or become as famous or be as powerful or lord over others. I mean, all of these reptilian games, that especially the, the male psyche often falls into. This is why we need this balance of the divine feminine with a healthy masculine to survive. We're talking about survival. This isn't a dessert we're talking about. This is about the bottom line of survival itself. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for bringing this wisdom alive to us today and being part of the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, and thank you for having a cafe. Yes, you're welcome. My pleasure. I've been speaking with Father Matthew Fox, the author of many books, including Julian of Norwich, Wisdom in a Time of Pandemic and Beyond. And I've been speaking with Matthew at his home by remote connection. To find out more about his work, you can go to his website, matthewfox.org. Also, he offers daily meditations, so I encourage you to tune into that, and that's uh, daily meditations with matthewfox.org, daily meditations with matthewfox.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. And you'll also find several full-hour-long interviews with him on our website and 1,500 others at newdimensions.org. Just put his name, Matthew Fox, in the search icon box to find them. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.